Hey everybody, welcome back to Bacon Wire. I don't have a great opening, so uh, we can't really top last week's opening, and I don't want to bother. So we're just going to get right into it, make it a short and sweet pod. Um, still give you that delicious content, but um, I was I was <laughs> trying to um, I was trying to adapt the Ducktales theme song. Um, this is how far I got. Uh, liberals have a paradise. Here in an arbor, something, something, something. Juwan Howard will never know when they play next. A Ducktales, woohoo! Hunter Dickinson bricking shots. Ducktales, woohoo! That's as far as I got. We could we could have workshopped it. Maybe maybe we'll we'll resurrect it if he keeps if another game or two get canceled. Um. So we're going to talk hoops. Uh, Carter, you were at the game last night, the, uh, the thriller. One, as, as everyone called by Joey Hauser, um, what, 71-69? That's, yeah. Um, so what was it like? What was it like being back at Breslin after a while? Like, when was your last game there? I think my last game there was Duke game. Oh, no, I went to the Wisconsin game in 2020. They won that game. That was the game that Cassius set the Big Ten record for assists, I believe. Oh, yeah. uh, so, that, so that was the last game I went to. So it's been pretty close to – I think it's been two years now, or at least right, right around that time. Uh, yeah, it was good to be back. You know, you have to do all the things, wear the masks, and, and have your Vax card and everything on you. But – you know what? It's Michigan State basketball, and we're back. My buddies and I here got uh, nosebleed tickets, so we just went up, kind of hung out, and watched the game. The game went really fast to me. Like we were in and out of there in like two hours. And uh, uh, yeah, I to be completely honest, I couldn't even process a lot of it just because of the fact that it went so fast, and I was watching it in person, and it gives you kind of like a different perspective than when you're watching it on TV. Uh, but what I did notice um, was that I thought Michigan State was playing pretty well, but Minnesota just kept coming back every single time Michigan State would push the lead a little bit. And I think that speaks a little bit to how Ben Johnson and this Minnesota team plays, how they play so competitive, so physical. Uh, and it's good to see Michigan State close these games because in the you know last year they were losing these games. So it's nine in a row. I know it hasn't you know it hasn't been like the convincing blowouts that we kind of want to see from this team, but still getting wins and getting them from Joey Hauser at the buzzer. That was pretty cool. I thought he deserved that a lot. Yeah. I mean, we gave him so much shit on Twitter and Ali Crow uh, for right now. I will. I mean, I'm, I'm happy he did it. I mean, of course, like I don't want him to miss that just for my own dislike of him. Sometimes I, I'm thrilled for him. That's a great moment with all the criticism he's gotten ever pretty much ever since he showed up. Um, it was a good moment. Like I, I was proud. I was proud of him. I was a proud father. Um, do you have any thoughts, SD? Yeah, I, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not um, a member of the Joey Hauser fan club, but that doesn't mean I want him to like actively fail. Right. And I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's unfair criticism uh, to say that Joey Hauser is underperformed in his time at MSU. And I know there have been issues that are kind of external. I know he's had, he had COVID and it, it kind of turned into long COVID and, you know, he's been, his, his ankle is essentially glass at this point, as far as I understand it. Um, but, but, you know, I just good. It, it, it obviously meant a lot to him and it meant a lot to the team based on how they reacted. Um, you know, they definitely, uh, that's one thing I think Izzo talks about this team a lot is like their chemistry and their camaraderie. And you could definitely see that with the post-game celebration and everyone tweeting about Hauser and, and the shot he made. So I think that's really, um, and, you know, when we're talking about, like, what is this team? Like, how far are they going to make it? Uh, I think we can give them the benefit of the doubt because of their chemistry, right? They're not – I don't think this team is ever going to quit on each other. And I don't know if the same could be said 
for last year's team, unfortunately. A couple so, things. Yeah. Yeah, a couple things. Um, first thing or that I want to mention is, like, I think we found guys who are going to close us games, and I think that is going to be Christy and Gabe Brown. I think that this team is so much better positioned to win and be successful when you put the ball in Max Christie's hands and you let him run the offense. And then if he's not doing that, it should be Gabe Brown. I mean, those two shot the most yesterday. Well, I'm sorry. Those two were the highest scorers. They didn't shoot the most. Gabe only shot seven shots and uh, Tyson Walker shot nine. Uh, but Christie had Christie had 16 points last night, and there were a lot of really important buckets that he had. More of his damage came in the first half, but he still came up pretty big uh, in the second half. Uh, I've, I've just seen the confidence from him grow. I think you guys probably have seen it too. He's taking some of those shots that earlier in the season he wouldn't be taking. And Gabe Brown will just make those winning plays on both sides of the ball. And then a couple of concerns. The lowest, two of the guys who played the lowest minutes uh, in this game were Marcus Bingham and Tyson Walker. They both only played 17 minutes. Walker might have been injured, but he was talking to the training staff for a while. So, I mean, that if he's, you know, going to miss any time or anything like that, that's probably a bit of concern. Marcus Bingham as well. You know, we, we know that his conditioning is not where it probably should be, but you need those two if you're going to close games and if you want to win the Big Ten title because we're getting into the thick of Big Ten season. So those are just some things I want to notice. Malik Hall as well. Um, he didn't do much in the first half. He played 23 minutes. He took four shots, 7.7 rebounds, a couple really important buckets down the stretch there, timely buckets as well. Uh, and you need those types of you need those types of plays to close out a Big Ten title. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Um, One thing I noticed from Minnesota yesterday. Sorry to cut you off, Lucas. Go ahead. Is it, ben Johnson is definitely a student of the Thibodeau school of, of load management. Oh my God. <laughs> so, I mean, how many players actually got minutes in the game yesterday? Eight, maybe. Eight. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's not going to be great for the, uh, that's not going to be great going forward for them. But I mean, to borrow a phrase from our, uh, our good friend Mel Tucker, just relentless. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree full hearty with what Carter said. Like, that's the type of winning plays and, like, just, just powering through it. Um, I, I was a little, from what I watched and what I saw, like, the lineups were a little weird at times. Um, I don't know if that's Izzo just kind of toying with things and kind of seeing in case – like one of the guys is actually out with foul trouble, like, you know, in a big time game or a big time moment. Uh, I don't know what to think of that. I, I thought if, if he didn't tell with the lineups as much, probably could have put this game away. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I think Izzo, I think Izzo felt confident about having it in his bag or whatever. Yeah. So he was just like, let's experiment with lineups, but it <laughs> kind of went a little far. Um, but I think, I also think Izzo's a little wary of this winning streak, and I think part of him wanted to lose last night so he could, like, it could be, like, the lesson game. The fat and sassy game. Yeah, well, we yeah. could use a fat and sassy game. We're yeah, doing. I mean, yeah, I think this might end up being a fat and sassy game, but, like, he wants, like, a, a loss to, like, to, like, teach a lesson. Right. So, it'll be and interesting to see what game he decides to – he just, if he tries to goose it, what game that comes along? I think we're going to beat Northwestern on Saturday pretty easily. I think the fat and sassy game's coming up next Friday, uh, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yep. I think that's the fat and sassy game. I mean, I think we have a shot at Cole Center, but Cole Center, for the most part, has never been kind to us. Outside of a few pretty close wins, like the one year that one of their guys, like, made a shot it was like a three-pointer to tie it and they waved it off like right the last he I remember was that. in his that was... hand with like with with the time uh, expiring 
And then uh, Keith Appling and them went in there, I think in 2012 and won. Uh, him and Draymond and gang went in there. Um, it's either going to be Wisconsin. If it's not that, it's Illinois. One of those two. Um, especially with like the Wisconsin game being a Friday nighter. I don't, I don't really see them play many Friday games during the regular season. It's kind of a weird night to play on. Like you don't really expect that. So it's definitely one of the next three games for sure. I, I think the streak is coming to an end of, it's going to come to an end eventually. Let's just hope they learn from it. And I hope it's sooner rather than later, obviously. Because yeah, players are going to be the players are going to be playing on Friday, and Wisconsin's going to go on like a twenty to nine run, and and like Marcus Bingham, Tyson Walker, and all those guys are just be like, we could be at a Harper's right now. Fuck this. <laughs> yeah, we should we should be hanging out at home right now. We should be going out drinking. Um, and then we we can touch on it. Um, as we all know, Michigan canceled the game last Saturday against Michigan State. It happened at like midnight ish right? Yeah. It was very late at night. Yeah. Very late. Um, there were midnight, whispers. Go ahead. Midnight Juwan. Midnight Juwan. <laughs> midnight Juwan. Juwan there, were, there were whispers of it happening um, throughout the week, but like nothing ever concrete came out. And then I think I woke up to go pee in the middle of the night and I like checked my phone and you guys were all pissed off. And I'm like, yep. Yeah, okay. Don't need to check anything. I know the game got canceled. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mean, look, I, I don't want to make fun of people for getting COVID. I'm not, I don't want to go that route, but you know, Juwan Howard has said, we're going to try to make these games up. I don't believe him because they, I think they canceled three games last year and they didn't make them up and they, they won the big 10 title because of it. So, and I don't think this team's going to win the big 10. There's no, there's no chance in how this team's won the big 10 title, but I, I, we did, Am I? You think he ducked us, right? Do Do we all believe that? Yeah, I believe he ducked. No, I I totally. I mean, like, you know what I'm trying to say, right? I'm not trying to like make light of COVID. No, yeah, definitely. They definitely tested asymptomatic players, or they counted the players that were already positive towards their count, because Hunter Dickinson tested positive, and they weren't going to go up against us without Hunter Dickinson. So. It, you know, they, they definitely goosed the numbers. Like they, they used whatever loophole as possible, to, whatever loopholes were at their disposal in order to drop below the seven, to drop below the seven scholarship players in play. Yeah. Right. So like, I don't really care. I think it's funny, but we should not make the, but we should not make this game up if it's disadvantageous to us. Right. Michigan needs this game a lot more than we do. And for their tournament resume and sending us to sending us on the road on a, on a short schedule, which we're going to have the rest of the year mm-hmm. is unfair to these players who were ready to go and fell victim to, and fell victim to politicking. I'm that's bullshit. It's not, I can't, that, that wouldn't sit right with me. Izzo's going to yeah. do it because he wants to play you know, them. He wants to play them and it's going to, and you know, we can have a fat and sassy game or teach Jaden a lesson because he dribbled because he dribbled too high in practice one day or whatever. And he needs to, he needs to sit him the fuck down and teach him a lesson. But like under like this game should not be played. This game should not be made up because it doesn't, it, it, it helped Michigan to can't to postpone this game, right to a later date where maybe they can get their shit together far further down the line. Um, but it it's not it's not going to help us later in the season. It can only hurt us, right? We'd be playing on a short schedule. The inj- the chance for injury is going to be way higher. Mm-hmm. That's it. It just shouldn't happen. It should not happen. We should not. We should not make this game up. I'm not yeah. scared of Michigan, by the way. No, I don't. All the fucking is, we don't we don't owe it to them to make this game up. No, they need this game more than we do. And if they want to do it, they do it on our terms. You want to come back to Breslin? Fine, we'll make it up then. We'll make it. We'll put you on the home side. <coughs> we'll wear the we'll 
will wear road jerseys, whatever. But if you think we're going to Chrysler on a short schedule, you're fucking high. You're high as fuck. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, that's, that doesn't sit right with me. Yeah. I don't know. And I mean, Michigan is playing on Friday against Illinois. They didn't play Purdue. Um, And I mean, I think they are what seven and eight or something like that. They're like a sub 500 record or something like that. Um, I'll go check that. But I know that, you know, they're missing key guys and just things aren't really going well for Michigan right now. They're currently sitting at one and two in the Big Ten. So they've only played, you know, three Big Ten games. They're sitting at seven are, and six. And, are, are they ninth place? Oh, I didn't see. Uh, let me see. <laughs> they're currently. I believe they're 11th. They are ninth. <laughs> That's funny how, like, we gave them shit in 2019-20. And then they, they gave us shit. shit in 2020-2021. Now they're like possibly back to ninth place. Um, and it sounds like they're playing the game tomorrow night against Illinois. There. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's on. Unless um, Midnight Juwan goofs around again tonight. You know, we'll see what happens. Um, I think that's – I think we're good on basketball talk. You know, we'll, we have the game on Saturday against Northwestern and – then we'll talk before Wisconsin and, you know, kind of go in depth with the uh, very likable uh, Badgers team with a really great player. And then there's also Brad Davison. Um, so that'll be fun. <sighs> Boys, we made some uh, pretty awesome hires. If I have to say so myself on the football side, um, Carter, do you want to take this one since I really am kind of not in the loop on it? So the first one, was one that had already happened, but it was uh, Ephraim Reed. He is our running backs coach. Uh, He previously, yeah, so he was previously an offensive analyst under our staff the last couple of seasons, and then he was going to go with with Clay Helton. Uh, He was going to join him at Georgia Southern as their running backs coach, but then William Piegler left Michigan State to go to Florida, and then Michigan State was like, hey, want to come back? Be our running backs coach, give you a promotion, pay raise, all that type of thing. And so he decided to come back. Uh, Reed is going to be really big for player development. I think he and Piegler together had a really big hand in, you know, getting Kenneth Walker to that that high stature that he was at. And, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll need to do that with Berger and the guys on this roster because, you know, the running game is going to be a pretty important piece for Michigan State's sustainability at the top of college football. Um Piegler, or not Piegler, uh, Ephraim Reed has also worked pretty closely with uh, Jay Johnson. They've been together uh, since the days at Louisiana. He was a player there, and then he was an analyst under Jay Johnson. He joined the coaching staff. So he has some familiarity with guys. I mean, obviously the players really seemed to like him, so they were pretty excited about this hire. So that's a good one that I like. Um, It's good to have him back and have some familiarity, you know, hiring somebody from the outside would have been okay as well, but it wouldn't have had that, you know, friendliness, the familiarity that Reed already has with these guys. And then the second one made some pretty big waves as a pretty impressive hire yesterday. Michigan State hired Brandon Jordan as a pass rush specialist coach. Uh, And Brandon Jordan has trained with a bunch of different NFL guys, you know, Max Crosby. I know he helped uh, Rashawn Gary, who was – kind of underperforming in the NFL, but then got a, got a six on his Wonderlick test, by the way, that too. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't help him Uh, with Wonderlick, but yeah. Went. Yeah. And then that helped (laughs) with Sean Gary raise his, his uh, sack numbers to a nine and a half this year. I think he's worked with Von Miller too. And he, yeah. And he's worked with Von Miller too. So he's, I mean, he's worked with guys. He's worked with all sorts of different guys. I'm looking at his name. William Golston is one. Yeah, there's 195 are. current players. Yeah, Holy and I mean, for, for, some Lions, for some Lions people, uh, Michael Brockers, Julian O'Quara, Levi Onzerike, <laughs> Trey Flowers, Romeo O'Quara, Max Crosby, Solomon Thomas, some of those types of guys. Uh, you know, Josh Allen on the Jaguars, Chandler Jones, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt. Yeah, some of the biggest names. He's helped develop them into good pass rushers. And I mean, when the news was announced that – 
that he got hired at Michigan State. A lot of guys were saying, wow, great job. Michigan State's defensive line is going to be really good now. And, you know, this was a, this was a group that at the beginning of the year was was generating pressure. Then the Big Ten season kind of came along and they didn't do it as well. Yeah. Uh, so adding, you know, adding somebody like this is really going to help develop some of these guys uh, and maybe turn a couple of them into pros. I mean, I'm excited for that. I mean, I'm excited to see Chris Bogle because I think Chris Bogle is going to be, you know, mostly a 4-3 defensive end here at MSU. And I'm excited about his potential as well. So. This, this one's pretty big. This one helps our defense a lot. Uh, I'm still waiting on who we're going to hire for the secondaries coach. That's obviously very important. But as of right now, we're, we're adding strength at a place where we still needed it. So make, adding- make Deion Sanders say no. <laughs> I was going to say Nick Saban is working be hard. right now. He's, he's, uh, he's in the off season. We can call, <laughs> we can call him. Um, yeah, I see he's worked with like like I saw DK Metcalf on here, which I found interesting. So it must just be like also strength training too. You know, it could be that. Um, I mean, yeah, because I mostly see defensive players like looking at the Rams, Packers, and all those guys. But yeah, I I love oh also Quiddy Pay. Um, yeah, I I love this hire. This is just going to be huge for all over the place like like you you you, i was gonna say you know our pass rush really faltered once big 10 play hit and like i would argue that we might have had a shot at winning the purdue game had we had a pass rush or we might have actually pulled that game off if we were if we were able to get to them more than one time um make my drive worth it but um i and i also like you know that we're they said they're going to institute like the uh Michigan State in in his promotions and like his publicity and all that. So I mean that'd be pretty cool to be like at Sparta Stadium when you see like Von Miller just chilling on the sideline or like DK Metcalf before the game talking to the guys. Um, if, yeah, this if, is if yeah, Aaron Donald if Aaron Donald ever rolls up to Spartan Stadium, Lucas might uh, Lucas might nut himself to death. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to him like Wayne and Garth. Just, We're not worthy. <laughs> Uh, he's not on the list actually so no but that doesn't mean anything you know he could come with he could come with von miller and show off their super bowl rings um you know i'm speaking it into existence um yeah i just i love this i love both of them i love what reed can bring and yeah the familiarity is always nice and like it just it makes me think about where we were two years ago like with still with D'Antonio, like right about now, I think right about now is when he quit, right? It's like uh, early February, right early before February. signing day. Yeah, right before signing day. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that was great. Um, but like this time last two years ago, could you imagine these kind of hires? <laughs> no. no, no, no. The way we were recruiting, and like now, what we'll be able to do with recruiting. I mean, like it, it, in the fact that like. Brandon, Brandon, because Brandon uh, Jordan, he can recruit too, because he's a coach. He's not an analyst. Right. Uh, he can, <laughs> he can, uh, you know, he, he can go and talk to these four or five star defensive ends, defensive linemen that we might be pursuing, and he can say, "Look what I've done for these guys. I can do yeah. this for you too." All Brandon Joseph has to do is pull out his phone and give it to a recruit and his parents and go go through my contact list. Oh look! Just got a text from uh, DK Metcalf. It'd be like uh, it'd be like Derek at dinner. So me, <laughs> the cubes. We call them the cubes. What what fishing with Von Miller, Aaron Donald? You know AD. <laughs> we're down. We're down at the Benita Run. <laughs> Don't mean to brag, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I I love this hire. Like I, I'm just. You know, I'm, I'm so excited for what the future holds for, for this football program. And, you know, I think we're on the precipice of something incredible. Just coming off the Peach Bowl win, you know, how we came back and won. And, you know, yeah, we lost K-9, we lost uh, Naylor. But, like, you know, it, I think it's just going to get better and better. I think I, I'm just – I can't wait to see what we do with this program, what he does with this program. Like, where he's turning it into – I've always thought of – Serious um, football program. Yes, I've, I've also, thought, <laughs> I've also thought he's turned into like a minor league for the NFL. And that sounds 
that doesn't sound right. Not like but that's everyone. what that's what well, Alabama is. That's what yeah. Georgia is. That's what Ohio he's, State is. He's trying to turn us into Georgia. It's well, pretty clear. Yeah. And good, great transition by me. Speaking of Georgia. Well, um, one more thing, Lucas. Go ahead. I I think uh, this between the Brandon Joseph hire and the uh, announcement today that Caesar Sportsbook is the official sports book of Michigan State Athletics. Um, so bye bye Barstool. Hello Caesars. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make a Caesars account. Yeah, uh, get some risk free bets going. But no, I think uh, I think that really goes to show that like Tucker's really forward thinking, right? He's in him and Alan Haller and the board of trustees are really trying to get Michigan state on the cutting edge of all these industries. Right. Which brings me to my off season demands. So these are a list of demands I have before we talk about the national championship um, that I personally have for Michigan state athletics. You guys feel free to hop in, change, add whatever you would like. Here, I'm pretty sure they're pretty, they have a pretty high Q rating. Um, but as we know from politics, what's popular isn't always what happens. So here we go. Number one, Spartan Stadium needs to start selling alcohol. Now, I am willing to settle for beverages that are 12% ABV and below. Um, that's a standard uh, for MSU Greek life, because I, I'm, I was in MSU Greek life. So I know that. So, you know, that's your, uh, canned cocktails, your seltzers, your beers, uh, your wines, things of that nature. SD Thomas. True. Um, (laughs) number two, tailgate lots need to open way earlier than what they're doing now. Yep. Lucas, you tailgated the whole season, so correct me if I'm wrong, but right now it's, uh, it's set, 9 o'clock. It's 9 o'clock for a noon and no, 3 set, They open the lots for Michigan at 7. Okay. Um, and I think it was 7. The, man, because what was the noon? What was the other noon game? I think it was Youngstown. Uh, Youngstown. Youngstown State. Everything else was 3.30 or 7. But um, it was 9 a.m. for the 3.30 games. And then I think it was 1 p.m. for the 7 o'clock. Yeah, that's pussy shit. 6 a.m. No matter what. Yeah. Vontae Vonte Mack, no matter what. 6 a.m. No matter what. Uh, you pancake-eating motherfucker. Uh, number three. Uh, I would like to ban Johnny Spirit from uh, all MSU athletics events. Uh, that one, I'm not really sure how we can enforce because he could just go in in street clothes. But... Um, if I see that bodysuit motherfucker uh, riding his bike around East Lansing next year, I am going to throw a javelin at him. <laughs> You're going to be like break an anchor, man. Yeah, exactly. There were, horse, there were horses and a man on fire. <laughs> there was a man in spandex and I killed him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four. Uh <laughs> The, the the speakers in Spartan Stadium are truly awful. They're truly, truly bad. Yeah. They, they at the Peach Bowl, Carter, I mean, it, they don't even sound close. The, the speakers at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, and I understand it's a different kind of thing, uh, they make the speakers at Spartan Stadium sound like one guy holding up his JBL in the, at like the 50-yard line. <laughs> it, it sounded like you had someone put their iphone up to like the microphone for the pa yeah, up to the up to the pa surfing yeah <laughs> that's a cl- if if you went to high if if you went to high if you go to high school football games you know that's a classic where they stick their phone up to the up to the pa mic and play the pledge of allegiance if they don't have a marching band uh that's that's a classic that's a classic high school athletics move but yeah, the speakers definitely need an overhaul. I, I'm not sure if that's part of the uh, of the repair grant that they received, but it seems like we can get that done pretty easily. I mean, I don't know how much like stadium grade speakers are going for nowadays, uh, but I feel like we can privately fund that and make that upgrade pretty quickly. 
without having to go through the bureaucratic, uh, without having to go through the bureaucratic red tape with the board of trustees. So let's, let's keep an eye on that. And number five, uh, we need to figure out a way to coordinate chance in the stadium. Uh, I, I've said this before. Uh, it's pretty fucking stupid when A&M does it, but I, I don't think a yell leader is necessarily a bad idea. Um, it, or maybe just like figure out a way for like at least the student section to like be coordinated with chance because I was at the peach bowl. I was like 30 feet from the band and nobody did any chance. Like I understand not doing first down bitch and I probably shouldn't have been doing first down bitch. Cause there was like a six year old behind me. Uh, but he loved it. He loved it. He had a great time. That kid that kid was that kid was probably partial MSU already, but I think that kid is like that kid was either so repulsed he's never touching alcohol ever, <laughs> or or he's like all in on MSU after that game. Uh, you and you uh, you you helped Bree or um, I was gonna say something like I was born in it. You helped him help birth him into uh, the fanhood a little bit. He got the he got the full gamut. He got the full gamut from me that night. Um, my I think I had a list. On, I think I replied to your tweet on Bacon Wire. Yeah, beer. Give us beer, alcohol. Just give us what you can. I like beer. I liked beer. I still like beer. Yeah, I I will drink a beer at Spartan Stadium if I want to. Um, I want the speakers upgraded. Just it's just horrible. Like I was so jacked, you know, going the mission game. Like man, I really hope because she had had that. I think I stole the iPhone thing from him because she had said that about the um, all the the Nebraska game. It sounded like someone had their iPhone up to the speaker. Um, we we need to upgrade it because swag surfing should be bumping. It should be really, 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 really loud, and it it should be to where you can't really hear yourself because that's got to hype you up as much as it hypes the team up. And oh, what was my third one? I, I forget, but yeah, I think something about upgrading like organization with game day would, would be nice. Like, you know, not, not a chant leader or just like, just having like, cause you know, Darian Harris makes those videos. Like, you know, they say first down state and all that. <laughs> yeah. Knows, that's yeah. That's what we say. He knows yeah. what we say. And uh, he, maybe he could do that or like have someone um so like have a student every year like make a new chant video or something like they do a raffle to like include the students and be like okay this is your cheer leader for the year you know blah 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 um and here's the chance you know do, do like one every game or something it's a weird idea but it can't hurt to get the fans a little more involved no it doesn't it does not at all there's just the old people have too much control. They have too much say. Do you remember when the old people wrote that letter after like the Western game or something that the student section was like too rowdy and like too vulgar? Oh yeah, I remember that. That was yeah. uh, was that uh, was that 2018? I think it was 2019. It's 2019. 2019. Yeah, I gotta find that. It was the neons. It was a neon game. The neons changed everything. <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking that up. We neons might have to came go- out. I might yeah, have it at I might have it on the other side of the break. Um yeah, I mean I don't think those are hard requests. I mean more so the beer and the um the upgrades and uh, just as long as you don't get rid of the urinal troughs in the lower bowl. I think that's a tradition mm-hmm. that should be carried on until until a comet or a meteor hits this earth and, and destroys us all. Um but I, I I'm trying to think of what else like yeah, I agree with you, tailgating lot. I think I, that was my third one, tailgating lots. Open them six or seven in the mornings just every every time. If we want to tailgate for 12 hours, let us tailgate for 12 hours. It's not that hard. And yeah, we also need gonna, easier. Huh? We also need easier parking. It's really hard to get in. Yeah, we, we need more streamlined parking areas. Well, like, it's just it's just hard to like park at MSU period. Yeah, it yeah. is. So that's something that's a university thing, not just the yeah. Not just I don't. Football. I don't think we can fix the game day parking until we fix like the until MSU decides to fix the day to day parking. Right. Yeah. So, and you guys have anything else to add before we take our break? 
Uh, no, I'm uh, I'm all set. I'm okay. I'm still looking. I'm still looking for that letter. Okay, we'll we'll get on the other side of the break. All right, we'll, we'll be back, folks. Okay, welcome back. I found the letter. Um, in case you don't remember, uh, some some uh some boomer bitch named uh Chad Sanders, who didn't even go to MSU. He he has his education listed as Central Michigan University. So uh, I don't give a fuck what he thinks. Uh, so MSU game day is currently a little effed up. Um, how should I read it? Should I read it in like the whiny bitch voice that people give to annoying customers? Or should I read it? Um, hmm. Should I read it in like the Keith Olbermann, like preachy liberal voice or read it in the bitchy voice? Playing in, playing in the Spartan marching band is a big deal. It was my freshman daughter's first home game. The first chance to march on the grass in Spartan Stadium. The first chance to play in front of 70,000 fans. The band came out of the tunnel in all its pomp and tradition, and the crowd went wild. Seeing an entire stadium on its feet, singing along, Cheering for my daughter and her 300 new best friends was a thrill. It's the closest I've come to orgasm in 25 years of marriage. As the band finished its pregame show and prepared for the playing of the national anthem, the opposing team made its way out to their place on the sideline. F-U-K-U, Tulsa. F-C-K-U, Tulsa. The following week, the cheer F-U, Western. Before the season, the cheer that has routinely disappointed parents of small children has been when the students shout the TVPG, first down, bitch, every time MSU moves the ball another 10 yards. This cheer is a little, actually a little hard to make out, and I've heard parents cheer along with their kids saying first down state or oddly first down Mitch. Shout out to Mitch. I'm not defending this behavior, but it's definitely less egregious than what is happening now. There is no pretending that this new cheer is anything but R-rated. It's something needs to be done. There's no pretend. You ignore it. This normalize a culture that MSU's marketing and athletic department spread quite a bit of time trying to pretend doesn't exist. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that... <laughs> Hold on. This is my favorite part. Okay. I realize that to many of you reading this, I sound like an 88-year-old shouting at my lawn. You do. They, they're kids, yep. you say. They're not hurting anyone. They're not. There's such a thing as free speech. There is. Harsh language isn't shocking these days. Correct. How about we worry about important things like climate change and mass shootings? Agreed. <laughs> as a journalism teacher, I have a strong belief in the right of Americans to freely speak their minds. The fact is, though, there are some limits on free speech, especially when minors are involved. I don't know, man. They dig for coal all day. I'm pretty sure they can. I'm pretty sure they can handle a few f bombs. Yeah. Uh, for example, <sighs> offensive speech is not protected in some cases of captive audience. All right, Sotomayor, what the fuck are you gonna do about it? Uh, a judge could say that if you don't like the f word, you can leave the game or hide in the restroom. Correct. Do that. The question is whether MSU wants to allow it to happen. We are sending a clear message when we pretend that we don't hear thousands of fans yelling a word that the FCC has deemed off limits for broadcast TV. We're saying that bad behavior is contextual. It's wrong when you're a member of an anonymous mob and have maybe had too much to drink. To go on, he goes on for so long. I think I think we're good. Like you, did, you did a great job with the voice. I don't want to strain your vocal cords. It sounded like South Park. 
Um, I love the, uh, I love the talking about like climate change and stuff, because that's <laughs> definitely what I'm bringing up after Jaden Reed picks up a 25 yard catch. Why does it matter that Jaden Reed just mossed a guy when the, when the polar ice caps are melting? Oh my God. I am <laughs> saving this and I am tweeting this out. This <laughs> a post. <laughs> this is going to be, this is going to be a trip down memory lane for a lot of people. This We're is rehashing so, it. what a fucking pussy. What a fucking pussy this guy is. Uh, it's like he knew he was going to get absolutely destroyed, but still, still decide to send it instead of like typing it up. Then like going, you know what? Let me sit on this overnight. Like typing an angry letter, or like a writing an angry text to someone. You should be like, yeah, let me think about it, and then come back to it. But he's just like, are there more important things to worry about? Yes. Am I still sending this? Yes, I am. <laughs> Literally, just the response should be cares. Bottom text. Yeah, exactly. The response should be cares. Cares <laughs> um, bottom text. God, uh, the first down, Mitch. I lost it. <laughs> first down, Mitch. <laughs> like when went the Michigan game, that clearly wasn't Mitch being said. Everyone was stepped in line for that for first down, bitch. That entire day. Um. <laughs> Oh my god. And I love the F da- F U dash K and like the F dash 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 WMU. <laughs> like it was like uh it, it it reminded me of a Christmas story when Ralphie dropped the screws. <laughs> oh F dot dot dot. Yeah. Like and then like yeah, he goes, oh fudge. <laughs> yeah, they weren't saying fuck, they were saying fudge. Fudge yeah. Western. Yeah, fudge, fudge western. western. Yeah, fudge western. Um, so speaking of college football, we have a new national champion, and it's it's not Alabama. It's Georgia. Not even close. Georgia won on Monday night in Indianapolis, uh, 30, 33 to eighteen. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I I didn't watch it, you know, because I thought Alabama was going to win, and I'm like. I've seen this before. I've seen this way too much lately. I don't need to watch it again. But um, man, that this this team really learned from their mistakes a month ago. I mean, they were impressive. I don't. Did you guys watch the game at all? Uh, yeah. I feel like um, you know, as a you know, I feel like us as Michigan State fans, we all have an appreciation. Uh, have appreciation for a team that uh, gets so many opportunities to like slay a monster and can never quite get there. Um, and, and, you know, but when it happens, it's like, it's damn near orgasmic. Yeah. It's euphoria. Um, yeah. It's euphoria. And, 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 you know, I'm, I'm like really, and I can really, you know, kind of feel for, for Georgia fans and, and Georgia players, like, um, there was a there was a point where I thought that game where Alabama was going to take control and and that Mel Tucker constructed defense they they were locked down the entire time they were um, awesome. Granted, you know Jamison Mitchell went out, um, and you know that that really sucks. He has a torn ACL. Uh, it's just it's fucking awful. I just really hope he's able to. I hope he's able to get right, and hopefully teams don't hold it against him because he's he's like the fucking real deal. They they said that he should receiver. be able to get back to where he was. Yeah, I mean, even if he's at eighty five percent, he's still better than probably. He's probably still he's probably still wide receiver one in this right. class, even if he'll be at eighty five percent the rest of his career. That's how good he is. Um, and I'm you know whatever. Ha- in you know Stetson Bennett, that's like an awesome story. Walk like, on, he was a walk on, and then slayed the dragon. Yeah, I mean the kid called his shot. Like that's, you know, it doesn't get better than that, right? And yeah, he played I, a pretty. Go, go ahead, Carter. Sorry, go ahead. He played a re like the his first half, basically the first like three quarters was not good at all. He no. was rushed. He was obviously very you know antsy and was missing on a lot of throws. 
Uh, he was kind of taking off and running when he really didn't need to. Uh, but then the fourth quarter, he came up with a lot of clutch throws uh, in that in that drive, especially the one that he threw up for uh, Adonai Mitchell. It kind of reminded me of like the Peach Bowl a little bit just because of the fact that it was like Peyton Thorne was kind of doing the same thing where he didn't really look very good for a lot of that game. But then when the game was on the line and they needed to win, he made winning plays. And that's what Stetson Bennett definitely did. And to me, Stetson Bennett is just an absolute gift. He's just the goofiest guy I think <laughs> I've ever seen. You know, there's been like there's been some goofballs in sports before, but I don't think anybody like doesn't belong, you know, in like the media cycles and anything more than Stetson Bennett. I mean, you know, the guy what he said, he, he owns a flip phone. He had that goofy mailman hat. He he went on Good Morning America, hung over off a couple high noon seltzers. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> did you see that? His, you he see that photo? Great clips <laughs> sponsorship. Yeah, the great clip sponsorship was great. No, he was drinking Pappy Van Winkle straight out the bottle. <laughs> I saw I, he was at a Raisin Cane's today, like doing autograph signings. Yeah. Please let that man go to bed. I don't think that man has slept since since Sunday night. He needs to go to bed. He, he looks awful. He, he looks needs- he looks like death. He needs to go to bed at his 8.30 time. Yeah, he looks like time. he looks like he just got back from losing his ass in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Yeah, that defense is special. Pele Ringo came up with that pick six. You know, I, I being a Hawks and Falcons guy, I have a lot of Georgia people in my my circuit. And, you know, they they just felt so euphoric when Kelly Ringo had that interception and and he ran it back all the all the previous mistakes, all the previous errors where they were so close to coming up big, but then just fell short, just kind of all melted away. I was happy for those guys. Yeah, no, it's, it, it gives me optimism for what Mel Tucker can do recruiting wise. Um, especially since I watched pretty much watched the game on YouTube at work the next day. Um, very productive, but I was, yeah, I, I love seeing that. And I loved, I loved the, mo- my favorite moment was when, um, oh, what was the kid's name who picked it off at the end? Um, Ringo. 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 Yeah. He caught it. And then Kirby smarts literally like just screaming at him to just sit down. <laughs> Get down. Go down. Like, <laughs> fuck this. I'm taking it all the way back. That was so cool. Like, cause in that moment, you know, Kirby's in coach mode, but at the same time, your brain's like, holy fucking shit, I did it. And that dude's got a lot of scrutiny, you know, since he came to Georgia. You know, he, you know, in two years, he was at the same moment, you know, with Alabama. And he, it's not like it took him forever to come here. And, yeah, he's had some underwhelming moments. But, honestly, what coach hasn't? Nick Saban's had some underwhelming moments. You know, they all have. And Dabo had a very underwhelming season because fuck Dabo. But, like, I'm just glad it gives me optimism and like, yeah, we're not Georgia yet, but it's like, there's hope, man. We can do this someday. Like I just like picturing my head, like Ronald Williams picking off Bryce young and Mel Tucker standing up and screaming at him to, to sit, to kneel the ball or to just fall down and with the ball. And you gotta, Um, you gotta respect you know, Kirby Smart, because last week we were sitting on here saying, yeah, Kirby's just going to get his ass kicked by Alabama again because he doesn't have the stones to make adjustments or he doesn't have the stones to deliver a death blow right. to Alabama when he can give it. And he finally did. So we yeah. have to we got to be like, oh, yeah, sorry, Kirby. We kind of we got to apologize to Kirby a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Kirby, you're welcome. You're welcome to come on the pod anytime. Yeah. Rub it in. <laughs> yeah. Please, please come on, Kirby. Um, so, I mean, I, I kind of. Do you think, I mean, I'm sure Alabama's probably the favorite to win next year. I mean, that's probably a no shit, or Georgia's right up there, but um, it, it, does, it does cause interesting discussion if Georgia can keep this up next year. I know a couple other guys are already leaving, like, the transfer portal, so that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, a lot of depth guys are going in the portal, and they're, right. losing, eight, they're losing eight starters, I think, next year, so they're definitely – but I would argue the linchpin of their offense all season has been Brock, ba- Brock Bowers, and he's only a freshman. So yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if they have repeat potential. I mean, I guess it depends if they land um, 
it depends if they land Caleb Williams because they're in the mix for him coming out of the portal. If I had to bet, um, he's probably either going to stay put or go to, or follow Lincoln to USC. Yeah. But George is definitely an intriguing option there because I think Pickens is coming back. He'll have Bowers back. Uh, James Cook, I think is going to be back. James Cook's been there for quite a while. I think he's going to go. Okay. He might have one more year or he might go to the draft. I don't know. I think he'll go they to the have, draft. I think Zadarius White is going to be there next year too, though, isn't he? Uh, maybe. I'm going to look that up. I believe he's only a sophomore. So. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, they, they're one of those teams that recruits at a high level consistently. Yeah. So, you know, they'll just plug and play five stars with five stars again. So they have every, you know, they have as good a chance as any to get back. I mean, they're going to have to replace a lot of defensive guys, but they still have a lot of really big time killers on that defensive line as well. Like, you know, Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt were the big time guys at defensive tackle, but then they have Jalen Carter as well, who they say is even better than both those guys. So Jordan Davis, you know, they'll, even was they'll a, be right back. Up it was awesome seeing him be a fullback on Monday night. Yeah, he does that for them. God, <laughs> I mean, and, and I remember people like I remember watching him in the Michigan game, like run down one of the running backs. I don't know if it, I don't think it was Haskins or Corum, but like he, like hunt, he ran one of those dudes down, and I'm just like, that right there is a little microcosm of SEC speed and Big Ten speed, to an extent. Now, obviously, but Jordan Davis is a huge guy. Um, real quick, I mean, do you want to do you want to talk NFL? You want to talk the playoffs real quick? Then we can jet out of here. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of intriguing matchups this weekend. Yes, um, there is. The Cardinals, I think the Cardinals have the best chance to kind of be a dark horse to go to the NFC championship game. Uh, they have a pretty easy matchup uh, <laughs> this weekend. Uh, you know, Pat Stafford is, is back in rare form as usual. Second, um, second in touchdowns this year and third in yards. Those um, all came, bef- most of those came before December. Uh, Matt, Matt Stafford, win a game that means anything challenge is in effect. Uh, I, I'm nervous because the Cardinals are actually a pretty decent road team. They kind of suck when they're at home. Not suck, but like both of these teams are mid at their home stadiums. And, um, and, and yeah, Stafford worries me because like I kind of thought about it earlier today. If the Rams, because the Rams started seven and one, they looked awesome. They look like one of the best teams in the NFL. And then Robert Woods got hurt. They signed OBJ and they had to kind of basically readjust the whole kind of part of their game plan. But like, I kind of thought about like, if the Rams started five and four, then finished seven and one, I would feel a lot different. Even if Matt Stafford finished with these exact same numbers, I would feel totally different. So I'm trying to go in optimistic. The Rams are favored by four, and the line is about 50. Um, I, I think the last game, that it was 30-23. to 23, Rams won in Arizona. So I think it's going to be a one-touchdown game, if that. Um, you know, it could be a Matt Prater field goal to win. And I'm, I, I, I've lost faith in Sean McVay to, to coach when it not when it really matters. But what really pissed me off on Sunday was obviously blowing a 17-0 lead which really sucked, but they were up 24, 17. You have two minutes left. You stop the Niners, you know, Von Miller sacks, uh, sacks, Jimmy G it's like fourth and 20. You force them to punt. And what do you do? You run the ball up the gut for a total of three yards on three plays. And I get trying to be safe, but at the same time, that's, that is a moment where you have to take a risk and let Stafford throw the ball. Could it be picked? Sure. But you have to let him try it. This isn't Jared Goff. You have to let Stafford do that and let him silence some of these people because if he throws one eight-yard pass on third and seven, they're 13 and four, they're the two seed, and the Niners are out, and, oh, God, the Saints are in. But So maybe, you know what, maybe I'm glad it happened that way. But that's just my little rant about, and I love Sean McVay. I, I, I really like Stafford, but I'm nervous about this game. I'm very nervous. I said the same thing about him. They need to throw that ball on that third down. I mean, Cooper yeah. Cup was old. Cooper Cup was 
open consistently yeah. the whole game. Well, and the Niners the rushed 10 on that third down play. Yeah. <laughs> There's some interesting matchups this weekend. I mean, it starts off with Raiders Bengals on Saturday. I, I like that the, one. Know, that, should, that could be pretty fun. The whole uh, Raiders Chargers conundrum. Yeah. And, uh, uh, see, the rate, the Bengals are favored by five and a half. I think, the, I think the Bengals are going to do it, though. I really do. Yeah, yeah I think yeah, I think the Bengals are the Bengals are rolling this year. They feel themselves. Um, Joe Burrow's playing with a lot of confidence. I think that's going to be a big, big, big difference. This could be a shootout too. Like you know, Derek Carr is thrown for almost five thousand yards. He not the most touchdowns. I mean, he only has twenty three, but like they did enough to get in the playoffs. And like I, you know, and he, this is his first playoff game because you know he, Connor Cook started the one time the Raiders got in and, you know, didn't go very well, but I think he's going to have something to prove, but I'll take the Bengals to cover by a touchdown. But I think this could be like a 42 to, to 35 type of game. Like because be both fun. these teams can really put up the points and Jamar chase is fucking fun as hell to watch. Um, and then next game we have, which I, it's, it's interesting. Uh, but Patriots at bills. Uh, Buffalo favored by four. It's going to be cold. Yeah, it's going to be like, what? They said below zero. We're pretty close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game favors the Patriots if it's going to be like that. Four degrees. Four degrees. God, no thanks. Um, I'm good. Uh, thank you. Um, That'll favor the Bills for sure. Yeah, I mean, and look, tickets, you can get tickets for like 25 bucks. That means people are like, yeah, I don't want to go to this game. I think this favors the Patriots. I'm going to take the Patriots here. I, I, Josh Allen is awesome, but like, I think I need to see more from him and the Bills because the Bills' running game is not good. It's not the killer run attack that a team needs to win a Super Bowl or to get to get close to contention. Now, last year, sure, they were very close to going to the Super Bowl, but it just seems like this year there's been a little bit of regression and. I'm going to take the master, Bill Belichick, to, to pull off That's the victory here. I'm thinking that, too. I would say, you know, I think the Bills are the better team, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's Belichick in the playoffs, and it's really hard to bet against. Yeah. I, I feel like they're going to run the ball again because, you know, this will be Mac Jones' first playoff game. So, yeah. It's ah, be I think I'm going to go with the Bills. I think You're I'm going to go Bills. Bills. What yeah. do you got, SD? Uh you know, as much as I don't like to bet against Bill Belichick in the playoffs, you know, I don't think Mac Jones has played in weather that cold um, ever. I mean, I could be wrong, but uh, I really don't. I really don't see it. So, gotcha. I got the Bills. Okay, all right. I'm fine. I'm fine being the lone the lone supporter of the man who has ruined my dreams as a Rams fan twice. Um, I've been ruined by him as well. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> we are in the club. He was ruined um, by me because he let his fat motherfucker defensive coordinator come be head coach here. So he's 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 touched all our lives in a negative and, way. And I think he let Matt Patricia win that game. Just a little conspiracy theory. But um, that's that's my Alex said, Jones theory. He said Lions fans love Matt Patricia. Extend that. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, <laughs> Belichick. Yeah. Um, at one o'clock on Sunday, that's this is the big fun day. Um. Eagles at Bucks. This is intriguing, um, but Tampa Bay's in fa- favor by two scores, eight and a half. Tom Brady, I, he's the goat, and I can admit that. I still think he kind of is overrated, but I mean, he's won seven Super Lucas, Bowls, huh? He led the league in passing yards. I know, and, by, this and year. it wasn't even close. And he's forty-five. He's forty. He's forty-five, and. <laughs> Carter seven of the rings 43 touchdowns too he led the league in touchdown passes as well by two um to step against stat padford as, as spartanog said um and, and, i mean the night and the bucks the bucks haven't really missed that much of a beat they haven't been fully healthy the whole year but it looks like things are kind of settling into place at the right time for them i, I could be wrong i haven't paid a ton of attention to them but the Eagles present an interesting matchup because Jalen Hurts is a, is a decent enough quarterback, but like if he can throw and run against the Bucks, that poses a pretty good threat to them. I still think I'm taking Tampa Bay to cover, 
But I could see this being like a three-point game until Brady puts it away with like a bomb to Gronk or, or Mike Evans. I'm doing the same thing. I got the Bucks, but I they're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. I could see Philadelphia, who has overachieved all season long, keep it close but not win because Jalen Hurts and Nick Sirianni beating Tom Brady in the first round of a playoff series is just unheard of. So going Bucks, but I think the Eagles keep it close. Hmm. What you got? I got the I got the Bucks big. I think the Bucks are gonna roll. Like kind of a halftime, pretty much over thing. Yeah, yeah. I could see it being like I, I could see it being like twenty eight nothing at halftime or something crazy, and then the Eagles make a little comeback, but the Bucks put them away. Um, this one has a team that I despise, and another team that I don't want to despise, but I do because I have because my coach cannot beat them for some reason. They're close games, so it's not like he's getting blown out all the time, except for early this year. It's 49ers at Cowboys. Dallas is only a three-point home dog, or home favorite, excuse me. So if you take away the three-point advantage that a home team gets, this game's a pick em. And the way I saw the 49ers play on Sunday, and I think they were three and six at one point this year, and then they finished 10 and seven. So they they have they have really turned it up in the second half of the season. I'm taking the Niners to win this game. And I think this is going to be an awesome game. Like this, this is going to be the I think this could be just as good as what Bengals and Raiders could be. I, I this could be an awesome, awesome game. Yeah, this definitely has game of the weekend potential. Absolutely. Um, let's start the campaign now. Uh Jimmy G for MVP. <laughs> Uh, Let's get it going. <laughs> to, 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 to see a guy who finger blasts porn stars in the offseason <laughs> hold that orange lip would bring me so much goddamn joy. <laughs> oh, my God. Just not, three not- knuckles. Jimmy G spends, <laughs> spends March, March through <laughs> August three knuckles deep in Alexis, Texas. And then he decides, you know no what? I'm gonna, that be, is. I'm gonna be a slightly yeah. above average quarterback. <laughs> I do not know who Lexus Texas is. Um yeah. just in case people listen. Um I uh and I love Debo Samuel, and I I, I Jimmy G is not a bad quarterback. He has had some rough stretches. Um, I don't think he's a terrible quarterback, I think he's serviceable, and he proved it to me last weekend and I'm going to ride these I'm going to ride the Niners until they prove me wrong. Now, they could have just poured all their emotion into getting the playoffs and then come into uh, ATT Stadium and get their asses kicked. But I just I I really I don't mind Kyle Shanahan. I think he's kind of a cool coach. Um and especially since I looked at his offensive coordinator who looks like uh who looks like Trevor, our boy Trevor Blueprint Trev. <laughs> if if, Tre- if Trevor were an offensive coordinator in the NFL, it would be this guy. I forget his name. It's like um, Mike McDaniel. Yeah. Mike McDaniel. Look him up. If you're curious, like it is something else. Like this is the future is these type of dudes are going to be head coaches. It's not going to be the old guard anymore. And I can't wait. Um, he is, he has had uh head coaching interviews this cycle. Really? Yeah. I think he did one with the dolphins. Oh, and he's man. I was really impressed with his running attack against the Rams. They had no answer, no answer at all. And it's in a line with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, and Von Miller. And uh, in the second half, the Niners just completely own them. And um, I got I got the 49ers winning. What do you guys got? Niners on a game-winning field goal. Okay. Uh, I think the Cowboys are gonna end. I think the Cowboys are gonna end up on top. They the the Cowboys give real team of destiny vibes to me, which sucks mm-hmm. because I hate seeing Cumbo happy. <laughs> 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 but, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's going to end up, I think it's going to end up with a, uh, I think it's going to end up, I think, I think the Cowboys are going to end up on top. And Yeah. Oh, combo. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah. One more. Let's get it going. And then uh, one more Steelers at chiefs. Two more. Huh? Two more. Two oh, more. Okay. Yeah. We'll just go birth. Steelers at Chiefs. Chiefs are favored by two touchdowns, basically. Um, give me the Chiefs. I think they're going to kick the fucking shit out of these guys. Yep. Yeah. 
I mean, the Chiefs are going to drag the Steelers into a bathroom and just go to town on them non-consensually. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I don't like Big Ben, so I'm going to let it sit in this sit in the um, audio. I'm not going to edit. It's you're not going to edit anyway. No, you never edit. <laughs> um, and then the one that I'm just dreading, I am not looking forward to it. But hey, that's what being a Rams fan is about. Cardinals at Rams Monday Night Football, which is weird for a wild card game. Um, are they doing the Manning cast? Because it's being simulcast on ESPN2. Are they doing the Manning I don't cast? I they've or? said they are. I don't think they're going to. That's bullshit. Cool. Why even have the Manning cast if you're not going to do it for the biggest game you have all season? I know. Um, Cardinals at Rams. Rams favored by four. Um, I'm going to take Rams by a field goal, so I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover. Yeah, I mean, the Rams don't really have a home advantage. It's neutral site. It's no. the Chargers' home stadium. The Rams just kind of stay there. Well, and the 49ers fans took over the, the field, the, the stadium last week. Yeah, so I just really don't. Um... Could you imagine this situation? It's like a four-point game. It's like 27-23. The Rams are leading. The Cardinals are trying to come back. Murray's throwing downfield, and he's picked off by Eric Weddle. <laughs> And then Eric Weddle gets tackled and just turns into dust. Like he Absolute got snapped away dust. by Thanos. <laughs> like, uh, Mr. Yeah, McVay, Mr. McVay, I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah, the Rams signed, I think he's like 40 years old or something, or maybe 37. <laughs> um, Eric Weddle, he played for the Rams right before he retired. I'm not expecting anything great. Um, but I think the Rams are going to win, but it's going to be like a Matt Gay field goal to win it. And then I'm going to, I'm going to be stressed out the entire night watching it or not watching it, depending on how I feel. And then, um, then really looking forward to the next weekend when they probably would play the Cowboys. So it'd be me versus come the Cowboys or the buck or the, uh, the Buccaneers. So it'd be me versus combo or me versus Tom Brady again. Um, so yeah, that, that's what we got this week. I think we're pretty good. Um, I think we'll just end it right here and uh, we'll talk next week, fellas. Go green, go white, go white. Keon and Malik Carr basketball season. <laughs>